Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. Continue to play with Charles. To Joshua, the 14th chapter. Now, you ought to know you're in trouble when you go to Joshua. Joshua is the claimer. Joshua is the one that walks into what God promised. Anybody ready to walk into what God has promised? Tell somebody, I'm ready to walk into what God has promised. If you want to stand to your feet, we've got a little bit of reading we're going to do. I'm going to let you sit down all the rest of the day. Is that okay? I'll stand up and work. Joshua, the 14th chapter. This is a very interesting passage of scripture. While it is in the book of Joshua, it is not necessarily about Joshua. See, Joshua gets all the press. But one of the forgotten figures in the book of Joshua, who was very instrumental, who was right beside Joshua, was his brother Caleb. For you understand, Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two when Moses sent the spies out to the land. They came back with a good report. So sometimes we can forget about old little Caleb because a book is not named after him. But yet and still, it took the same amount of faith and it took the same amount of bravery to stand when the other ten were saying something opposite. Tell somebody that took bravery. That took a faith that everybody else didn't have. So you understand if you go back and if you go back and, 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 and read that portion of scripture, when they came back to read the report, they said the other ones came back with an evil report, and, and they had convinced the people so much that they couldn't do it that the people of God who had seen God open red seas, who had seen God put water out of a rock, who had seen God turn uh, the, the sea to blood and, and locusts and all these things and even kill the Pharaoh's son to let them go. They heard an evil report, the Bible says. And they got so distressed that they got angry with the ones that had the good report. You know what that tells us? If faith comes by hearing, so does doubt. That's why you got to watch what you listen to and the people that you let speak into your ear and the people that you take counsel with. Because it's a universal principle. If faith comes by hearing, so does fear, so does anger, so does envy, so does jealousy. Words are spirit and words are seeds that when embedded in our hearts, We'll produce a harvest, whatever it is. Weeds are a product of a, of a, of a weed seed. But it, it, was, it, it still accomplished its, its purpose. So we have to be ever mindful of the things that we let get into our ear. That is the quickest way into our mind and thereby in our soul and in our spirits. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. here after Moses is dead and gone they've come into the land of promise and a couple of scriptures we're going to start at six but a couple of scriptures before it talks about all the other tribes that got their allotment as God has instruct, had instructed Moses you know the tribe of Benjamin got their allotment and, 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 and the tribe and all, all these tribes and, and even Joseph's tribe got split in two and they gave them two But Caleb's crew have been left out. 
And so we're going to pick up right here at 6. And I'm going to be reading out a New Living Translation because it reads something in particular that we want to read. And pick up at 6 and it says, A delegation of the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, the son of Je uh, Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me. See, he wasn't coming just asking. He said, remember, Joshua, me and you here because we're the only two left. We were the only two that had a good report. He said, remember what, the, what God spoke to the man of God when we were at Kadesh Barnet. And he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnet to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. How I many of it was important to know your story? He said, but my brothers who went with me were frightened by the people from entering to the promised land. He go remember what he did. He said, for my part though, I wholeheartedly, somebody say wholeheartedly, follow the Lord my God. So that, so that day Moses solemnly promised me that the land of Canaan on which we were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever. Because, somebody say because. That preposition is so important. Because you wholeheartedly follow the Lord, my God, <laughs> this part I like here. 10 says this. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive. And well, as he promised for all these 45 years, since Moses made this promise, <laughs> even while Israel was wandering in the wilderness, tell somebody he kept me. Even while I was wandering in the wilderness, even when I didn't know where I was going, he kept me. Don't, don't worry about my age. Don't, don't let this out. Don't let this gray hair. 
years old, and I might have forgot a couple of things, but I haven't forgotten the promise. of it, but you may be seated. On your way down, tell somebody uncharted. I just wanted just to read that. In the word of God, good when you read it right. <laughs> you can't gloss over. But Charles, keep playing, man. I need that, man. God bless you. And so I want to pull up just a couple of things that even though you've been waiting for a long time, your promise has not. God's word knows no age and it does not have an expiration date on it. It is not a perishable good. For heaven and earth shall pass away. But he said, my word speaking to, to, it's not about a matter of age, but it's a matter of how long you've been waiting. No doubt when Joshua and Caleb heard the man of God Moses speak to that, the man, I know that they were exhilarated. said, man, we're going to have a special inheritance and we're going to walk into it. But look at it, it's 45 years from when the man of God spoke and said what he said. And he still has not come into the fulfillment of the promise. So I got a couple of points I just want to leave with you. And then we're going to bless the Lord. We're going to bless each other and we're going to go. The first thing that we can learn from Caleb, it's in the book of Joshua, but this is about Caleb today. And I want to speak to the Caleb's, the people that may be the underdog, the ones that may have been forgotten. The ones that people glossed over you. He was there right beside Joshua, but didn't get the same acclaim, Sister Norma. He didn't get the same credit, but he stayed quietly and served what God called him to do. And this he says, that Caleb waited for his moment. 
but he discerned his time. See, there's a distinct difference. He waited patiently for his moment. But there came a point where he couldn't wait any longer. He discerned that this is the time for me to claim what's mine. He patiently waited while seeing the other tribes get the inheritance for doing less. The other tribes, yeah, they were good. They had their respective place. But he was one of the two represented parties that stood with God when nobody else would. And he sat back and he saw Benjamin's tribe get blessed. And Joseph tried to get broken in two and they get, they, they get two allotments. And so all these other tribes, and no doubt him being the head of the tribe, everybody who came from him said, hey, Caleb, man, aren't you the one that stood with Joseph? You his boy, won't you go into his chamber and, and, and ask him to get you to hook up, man? After, after a while, he couldn't have stood by himself. It was you beside him. And you ever heard people back in your ear telling you what you ought to do, but they ain't got to stand up and face the fire. If I was you, if I was you, well, you're not me. If I was you, I'd do this. I wouldn't take that dog. I would go in his office and I'd do this and this. But he knew that, the, the, he said, though the promise and the vision tarry, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to wait patiently. For they that wait on the Lord, Isaiah said, shall renew their strength. He shall mount them up on wings as eagle. They shall run and not get weary and they're going to walk and they will not faint. All that came from his ability to wait. And so you may seem like people, people in other lands are passing you by. They are zipping. They get saved. They say number two minutes and God is taking them here and taking them there. They say, God, I've been serving you all this time. I've been faithful. I've been a tither. I've been coming to church. I believe you. I've took stands. I've lost friends. God, when is my moment? He, deserved, he, he, he waited patiently on his moment. But he deserved that this is my opportunity. And so I'm just going to ask for a few moments of time with my brother Joshua. He didn't treat him like he was familiar. He gave him the respect that he was due. And he put him in remembrance. He said, I respect you. That you are the leader. You are the new pastor of this flock. I respect But do you remember when our father Moses said that because we took a stand when everybody else was going the other way it was me and you Joshua we took a stand and Moses made a promise to us that we were going to inherit something special for our standing can I tell you something people of God I know there are people in this room that had to make some mighty hard decisions you might, get, you might be getting ready to see your family members this Thursday who can't stand you for a stand that you took. That you would not compromise. You would not take down. You would not, uh, let, you, you would not let them use one of your children on their taxes. You would not buy their hot clothes. You would not lie when the police came over. You took a stand for the word of God and it puts you on the outside. You say, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather let every man be alive. Let God be the truth. Can I see the hand of anybody who took a stand? When the odds were against you. Tell somebody, I took a stand. Can I tell you something? God did not turn a blind eye nor a deaf ear to your stand for righteousness. He's holding all the records. Surveying both the good and the evil. And he's going to do the rewarding. So don't feel bad. I want you 
you to write this down. I didn't make this quote, but I don't even know who the author or the quote is. But opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Let me say that again. Opportunities of a lifetime. Anybody felt, anybody felt like you've missed opportunities before? Hindsight is always 2020. You know, if I knew then, knew now what I knew then. But can I just tell you prophetically, God said, I'm allowing the opportunity to come back around. I'm not, and I'm not seeking some emotional response. But if somebody grabs that, it'll come to you. Some of you felt like you've beaten yourself up. God, I thank you. I feel it. Some of you are beating yourself up with guilt and shame because you missed opportunities. You let the devil trick you. You got in your emotions and you were hastily to make a decision just like Moses did when he came down from that moment, from that mountain. He got frustrated and broke the word. And as a result, he couldn't inherit the land all because of one moment of a lapse in judgment. Anybody ever been there? Come on, come on. If we can't be honest in here, where can we be honest? Doesn't matter. I've missed opportunities. But the Lord is saying that opportunity is coming back around. But you must seize the opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunity has a window. And God is going to let us see spiritually when strategic windows are open. And this is what Caleb did. Caleb, Caleb, he had a repertoire. He had a relationship with Joshua. But he said, no, I've got to go to him now. Because there was a special time. Here's the thing, point two. Caleb never lost sight on his promise. Nor who made the promise. Listen to me. Although it was 45 years, Caleb never lost sight of the promise, nor who made the promise. If you remember when he told when he told Joshua, he said, Do you remember when the Lord told Moses? Meaning that even when my man of God, who taught me everything I knew, is gone to the dust. The word that came through the vessel is yet still alive. There are words that have been spoken in the people's lives in this place. From people and patriarchs. People in this ministry, my mother, whoever. Though the messenger may be gone. The word is still alive. So that's the reason we never, we always give honor to whom honor is due, but we never worship the messenger. That's why people get in trouble. They put their faith in a messenger who is nothing but flesh and blood and full of carnality and is subject to sin and lose his mind or her mind at any moment in time. And we give up on an everlasting God because we put our trust and our confidence in a flawed piece of flesh. But he knew very well not only the promise, but who the promise came from. So my question to you is, for your promise while living in the promise. And here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by it. At this point, they were already in a, in a land of promise for the children of Israel. God said he would lead them to a land of milk and honey, and they were living in it. He was tasting the milk. He was tasting the honey. He, he was seeing those big grapes. He was, tell somebody, he was living in the, in the promise. He was 
living in the general promise of the children of Israel because he was one of them. But he had yet to see the fulfillment of his promise. And so many times, so many times, people of God, we can settle for this general blessing general mercy, general favor that's due to everybody who's a child of God. But I, my, my, my job today is to shake you by the collar and say, no, be grateful for what God has given us generally, but he has you on this planet for a specific reason and there's a specific purpose, there's specific favor, there's a specific fulfillment of your life that God has to get through you. Yeah, that's general promise to everybody who's in the family of God. But God has made you some promises. And so you got to lock in on your promise. Tell somebody beside you, I'm locking in on my promise. I'm grateful for the general promises. That's fine. He never leave me. He never save me. He be with me always until the end of the earth. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm seated. I'm seated in righteousness at the right hand of Jesus Christ. I'm above all principalities. All those are promises. But there are some things that God has told you about you, about your life, about your children, about your family, about your lineage. There are some things that God told you, and God said, "Don't be satisfied just to be in the general." population of promise it is time people of God to get our hope our mind and our faith focused for what he promised you God said now is the moment you celebrated with other people and they held their hands up they held trophies. You didn't get jealous. You celebrated. You cried with them. You shouted with them. But God said it's now time for you to possess your promise. And that's what I was talking about. Caleb, he waited patiently, but he deserved that this is my moment. And I don't care how old you are. When you make up your mind that this is your moment, it becomes your moment. I don't care how young you are. God is not relegated by time. He created time. I believe when our faith is in alignment with his word, God says go. God says claim it. Somebody say uncharted. The third point is For us to be grateful for what he's done. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uncover what the devil tries to do. Whenever we see like, God, I want more. God, I want to do more. God, I want to see more. He tries to say, oh, you're not grateful for what God has done. Oh, be grateful. But never sell. Be grateful. I want you to be grateful. Be grateful. But don't you dare sell. God was not playing when he spoke that word to you. God was not playing when he gave you the plans for that business. God was not playing when he gave you that idea and that concept. He put it, he gave it to you because he intended it to come through you. I'm going to say it again with more clarity. He sent it to you because he intended it to come through you. So I want you to focus on being grateful for what he's done. But I'm not going to settle for tell somebody there's more. Next thing I want to share with you. Verse 10, he says, today I'm 85 years old. I am strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. 
So give me my mountain that the Lord promised me. At 85 years old, he was still able to fight for his promise. At advanced age, he was still able to fight for what God has promised him. My question to you is, are you willing to still fight? I don't care how insurmountable the, issue, the, the, the odds may look. I don't care what natural things say. Are you still able to fight? I might not can throw, I, I might can only throw two punches. But are those wound up with all the might and the faith you got? Ask somebody beside you, can you still fight? Can you still fight? Can you still fight? I ain't say pull no blade out. I said, can you still fight? <laughs> but this is what it means. This is what Caleb was saying. He's saying, he's saying that my faith is greater than my condition. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Joshua has blessed him. And in 12, he says, you remember that the scouts were, scouts we found were the descendants of Anak. Those are the giants. Living there 
in great walled towns. But then he said, but the Lord is with me. I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. So you got to understand, people of God, as long as you carry God with you, Joshua, no man will be able to stand against you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And no man is going to be able to stand, no country, no adversary, nothing that opposes. Because here's, you got to understand, people of God, when, when, when you are in God and when you are following God's specific orders, the people are not opposing you, they are opposing God. when you step out under the orders and the unction of God's voice, you are an ambassador and you get all the rights, privileges, and protections of the kingdom of God. Just like somebody over in the embassy over in Russia somewhere. When they speak, it is as if the government of the United States speaks. Because they are authorized to speak on behalf of the government. People of God, you are authorized to act, to speak. God, I thank you. You remember when, it, when, when Jesus went up on the cloud and the angel said, Why are you sitting here? Are you gazing into the heavens? The same Jesus that, can, that, that ascended is coming back in like manner. And then he told them, Do business. Occupy until he comes back. What does occupy mean? That means take up residence, do business, conduct, conduct the affairs of the kingdom of God. Because you have authorization. Sign and seal in the blood of the Lamb. To conduct business on behalf of the kingdom. And so as a result, he said, look, the descendants of Amon, those giants, they may be there, but I'm not worried about it because if the Lord still be with me, now, he wasn't saying it because he questioned it. He was saying it rhetorically. He said, if the Lord be with me, he's going to drive them out just as the Lord had promised. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, God. God said, do not. Oh, God. Don't settle for letting the enemy allow you on the land because you can't cohabitate together. The devil's got to get out so that I can occupy. Because if the devil, see, that's what the devil like to do. He's a master negotiator. He said, I'll let you have some of it. But if you but he but he, if, if y'all gonna split the land in the middle, you're gonna be always looking over your shoulder to see when the enemy's gonna come and hit you over your head. But God said, you need to evict that bugger out of everything that belongs to you. No mercy because if you was on the ground, he wouldn't have no mercy on you. Kick him out. I got authorization by the kingdom of God that this belongs to me. And devil, you I, you I don't even want you on my blood. Get out. This now is God's property. And that's what some of us have been, been tolerating. Well, Lord, you know, just, just as long as I don't get a call from the police, tell them to come get my child. And just as long as I don't get a call from the morgue, God, I'll just be satisfied that you keep them safe. I thank the Lord that I hadn't been down to the jail this year. I thank the Lord I hadn't been to go to identify nobody. And I'm saying all that stuff is good, but you are negotiating with the devil. Say, no, I want my children saved, set free, delivered, Holy Ghost feeling, prophesying the word of God. Don't you settle. Don't you negotiate with the devil. I'm glad he's just alive. Man, that's craziness. You better get everything. Everything. 
the social security, the social security called you and said you got this much of a check, you said, well, just give it to whoever else come by. Like we, you know, like they do at the, at the, at the gas station, they leave a couple pennies in there so people No, you want everything that belongs to you. And this is what Caleb saying. He said, look, I know the annex and descendants may be there, but it ain't no problem because God is with me. And if they oppose me, they got to go through God to get to me. And they cannot defeat the greatest power ever known. You know, God is not like one of these great superstars. You know, like Michael Jordan, nobody could stop him except Father Time. When he got old, he couldn't jump no more. I used to love Kobe, the black mamba they call him. He was an assassin on the court. Until Father Time. Say, Father Time is undefeated. Mike Tyson, Mike Miller would almost just fall out when they saw Mike Tyson do his neck like that with them black shorts and come towards him. They're like, man, I'll just go ahead and go on the ground. Don't hit me. But guess what? Father Time caught up with him. But God is not like man. Just like Caleb said, I'm just as strong. That word is just as strong today as it was when it came out of the mouth of God. But the faith, but 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 the but the but, but the question is: Is your faith as strong as it was when you first heard it? Oh, when you heard it. Man, a woman got to tell you, 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 got, you got the shouting and like, look, stand up so I can tell you the word. We so excited. But time, time has a way. Distance and space and time makes us forget the authenticity and the specificity of God's word for our lives. Everybody standing to your feet. into this land, even though it is good that we are eating the, the honey, we're, eat, we're drinking the milk, we have seen God fulfill his promises that Moses said, there was still something in my life that is still yet unfulfilled. Is that anybody in this place? That you've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and he's done marvelous things in your life? He's done some things that you didn't even expect, but what about, he, what, what about the thing that he told you? Now, you know, if he was willing to do unexpected things, you know he has even more intention to do what he promised. Come on, y'all. This can be so simple, we can miss it. If he did things we didn't even ask for, surely he intends to provide what he spoke to you. Amen? Amen? Before we go, I want to leave you this one last word. In 14, he says, in, in, in 13, says, so Joshua blessed Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, gave Hebron to him and a portion of his land. And look at this. And Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. Listen to this, y'all. Because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord the God of Israel. I believe that at 85 years of age, Caleb realized that it's about me, but then it's not about me. Because it says right here, the conclusion of the matter, that he inhabited that land. But I believe what he was really fighting for was his descendants. That the promise, he said, I'm about at the end of my life. I mean, I'm good. I'm still, I'm just as strong as I was then. But this ain't about me.
is about who's attached to me. This is about the people who I encounter. I want to make sure my descendants have this promise. For after all, I've seen wondrous things. I've seen Red Seas open. I've seen when Joshua did the same thing and we crossed over the Jordan. I remember the smooth, small stones. I remember the testimonies. After all, everybody else who, um, who, 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 who moved in unbelief and complained, all of them died except two people. So only two people can really give a first-hand account of the true measure of the goodness of God. It was Joshua and Caleb. See, I remember. I've seen God do wondrous things. But it means nothing. If it dies with me. The promise and all that I've seen God do. It means nothing. If I don't do the second thing. Like God told Adam and Eve. Be fruitful. And then multiply. So can I tell you something people of God. Although you may be the point of contact. Although you, you may be the central person in the story of your life, I've got a newsflash for you. It's really not about you. It's about people that you may never meet that will be able to testify and live in and taste the fruit from something that grandma and great granddaddy because they trusted God. I believe that Caleb was more concerned with the legacy more than what he held in his hand for his present day. And so my challenge to you today, people of God, is that be thankful for where you are. But can I tell you, your next level of effectiveness in the kingdom of God is going to be in uncharted territory. He could have said, hey, Joshua, will you just, just give my people, just give us a nice piece of section of land where we are, man. Just, just give us the, 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 best, the best place in the kingdom. He said, no. And here's the great thing. Even though God had, God had already gave it to the children of Israel, they were letting other people still occupy it. Meaning the devil can stay as long as you allow him to. But he said, no, rather than taking it easy, give me the stuff that I know I was originally promised. And even if I have to fight for it, at my advanced age, I want my mountain. I believe that, I believe that in this place, everybody has a mountain of triumph that God has called you to. But it's going to take your fortitude, the unmitigated gall in your spirit. And say, wow, I've got every reason to lay back at ease. Because he wasn't sitting in a place. See, here's the thing, y'all. And I'm going to let you go. It's easy to want better when you're living bad. But do you have the hunger to live better when you're living good? All the bills are paid. I got a reasonable portion of health and strength. You know, I ain't as bad as the people down the street. See, that's the stuff the devil tells us to get us to settle. Because he doesn't want you to possess your mountain. But God said, what I promised you is in uncharted. Un you see, that uncharted, that, that's, that's an uh, uh, exploration term. That means that that's land that has not been cultivated. There is no, there is no electricity. There is no sewer system. There is no, there, you know, there, there isn't no, no infrastructure to support you being comfortable. That means you might have to go in there with a machete and cut things out to make a trail. There is no road. There is no comfort. There are no sidewalks. There is nothing pristine and comfortable. That, and, and the question you have to ask yourself, do I still have the strength, the fortitude to fight, to go in there and sweat by my brow to roll up my sleeves and do what God called me to do or am I, oh, am I okay and comfortable in this general 
promises for God. You know, this feels mighty good. But I'm telling you, as for me, I want to go to heaven and see my shelf empty. That I got everything that he put me on this earth to get. To do everything he sent me here to do. I want, so, I want to put so many jewels in his crown. I don't, I don't want to just get in and sit in the, in the back of the banquet because I barely got it in. I just got in off the blood of Jesus because I accepted him. No, I want VIP seating. I want to see his glory up front and personal at the feast. I'm only going to do that if I fulfill every promise. God said there was no need to fear people of God. Just like it was no need for Caleb to fear. Because God was with him. He's nobody special. He was just a man that took a stand on the word of God. There's nobody special. He believed the report of the Lord rather than the evil report. You're faced with the same challenges. You're, you're faced with the same dilemmas. Am I going to believe what God said or what the enemies are saying? Am I going to believe what God said or what, or, what, uh, or what the doctor is saying? Am I going to believe what the report of the Lord says or am I going to believe what everybody else is saying? That's, that, that, that's all it is, y'all. His life was transformed because he made a choice to believe God. Everybody holding the hand with some, somebody beside you. Won't you know that hand that you're holding is a hand that has promise. It's a hand that God is not finished with. It's a hand that has not lived its best days yet. It's a life that is that if it, was, if it was finished of its purpose, it would no longer exist. That's what I believe. But what has been lacking in that hand, the person attached to that hand, is a bulldog determination that I will not be deterred. I will not be denied. I will not be held back from my mountain of promise. And so if you would for a couple seconds, would you just pray for that person's hand that you hold? Come on, let's audibly pray for them. That their faith doesn't fail. Come on, pray, pray. Come on, come on. Pray that, the, pray that the faith doesn't fail. Come on. They, their knees may fail. Their knees may get weak. Body may break down a little bit. But God don't let their faith fail. Lord, give them a new determination. Give them a new hunger and thirst. Zest to see that mountain. Lord, don't let us be satisfied with general blessing and general fulfillment. God, you put us here to achieve a unique thing. God, we need you. We need your faith. Come like never before, God. Renew us. Lord, let us discern our times and our moments, God, to claim what's ours. God, life is nothing but like a vapor. We're here and then we're gone. God, allow us to number our days, God. Let's treat them with importance, God. Don't let us 
us waste time with people and places and things that are not productive to us any longer, Lord. Lord, pray, Lord, that our neighbor's faith fail not, God. Pray, God, that they take a stand. That they don't settle anymore. That they get out of place of comfort, God. That they go to the uncharted territory. The promise is in the uncharted territory. The undeveloped. The thing that we're going to have to work for. We're going to have to sweat for. We're going to be by ourselves. We're going to be under the microscope of ridicule. But God, I want the promise. I want it more than life. Life no longer has meaning if I can't go and fulfill my promise, God. You might as well take me into your kingdom now, God. If I can't fulfill my promise. Lord, we pray faith in that hand. We pray encouragement in that hand. We pray peace in that hand. Devil, get out of the minds of God's people. They are not failures. Even though they missed opportunities, God, you're bringing opportunities back around again, God. And we say thank you. We won't miss it this time. We won't miss our opportunity this time. We thank you for it. We count it done and so. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God for your neighbor's promise. Come on, thank God for your neighbor's mountain. Come on, thank God for your neighbor's mountain. Come on, come on, tell somebody, I celebrate your victories. I celebrate your promise. Come on. Come on, come on, tell them, I celebrate what God's about to do. Come on, come on. Come on, tell them, I celebrate your victories. I celebrate what God's about to do in your life. I celebrate your business. I celebrate your family being saved. I celebrate it. Come on, y'all. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, 
fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.